it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's a podcast about queers standing for ladies. It's a podcast about you and your divas. It's a podcast for moms and sisters. It's a podcast for uh, aunts and cousins and uh, sixth grade teachers. And there was uh, another iconic intro. Who do we have today? Okay. Who do we have today? <laughs> we have Corey Tuttle. <gasps> Hi. 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 How are you? I'm good. I'm good. And who are we talking about? We are talking about Whitney Houston tonight. <sighs> yes. It's just Explosions, a, fireworks. That was also an amazing intro. Thank, Thank you. you. I wasn't ready. Y'all really slept on that. Yeah, we yeah. really, you know. It's, um, Thank you. It's, it's something we never do the same. <laughs> it's season one. Um, it's just a gorgeous uh, December night in Los Angeles, and we are going to just talk about Whitney Houston. Yes. Oh, yes. my God. Um, how did you um, meet Whitney Houston? How did you fall in love with her? How did... <laughs> Tell us about when you shook Whitney Houston's hand. Well, it was a starry night. <laughs> um, no, Whitney. Oh, my love for Whitney is deep. Yeah. And it's deep and not in a, and part of why I'm so excited to, to speak with you all this evening is that I feel like my love is not, my love is your love. My love is not, um, I'm not super interested in the kind of biographical, all of the biographical historical details as it relates to popular culture or talk, you know, or I think what Whitney, I met Whitney. <laughs> Let's see. This is a, not just a true fan podcast, it's a fantasy. Yeah, well, okay, no, well, when, I'll, I'll when... provide a little context. So I grew up in a pretty conservative, evangelical, Christian household in North Carolina, or in the, in the Carolinas, really, it's where I grew up. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, we had a very specific relationship to secular music and secular... Yeah, like, what did you art. listen to? I mean, gospel. I grew up listening to a lot of gospel, mm. uh, Christian music. Also jazz and classical music. But like when you're driving, what was on the radio station? Oh, like New Life 91.9. Yeah, okay. New Life 91.9. New Life 91.9. And then also sometimes the gospel station, you know, if I was with my family or with my parents. Mm-hmm. Um, or NPR. <laughs> so Whitney was around, right? Whitney is unavoidable, right? Mm-hmm. Whitney, by that point, so I was born in 90. So like up, you know, up, right. I was, when I was born, I was born in Canada. Moved down south. So when I was become, as I came of age, this was what, like 90, you know, 96, 97, 98. She's everywhere. Uh, she's everywhere. Right. Um, but not everywhere in my home, just everywhere. In the culture. In at, the culture. At large. Right. In the mall. Right. So it's like, so if you can imagine this visual, like I'm inside with my siblings and my parents are kind of like my mom's at the back porch and my dad's at the front porch like with the bat and so like imagine like goosebumps you know like with like a bat and they like batted away harry potter you know any like mm-hmm. you know we were we were um we were on a mission my parents were on a mission 
um, and that was to like really root us ideologically in a kind of fundamentalist Christian mindset. Right. So this is like a long intro to get to. No, no, no. Um, this is not. So Harry Potter's no. Mm-hmm. Um, anything with the supernatural, anything would you like, like Halloween? Could you dress up for Halloween? No, we oh. didn't celebrate Halloween. Oh, you right. didn't. No. Could you? Would you? Would they like find like in my mind with that imagery? I actually, I did. I took it literally. <laughs> <laughs> so, is that what you do with imagery? Yeah. Um, uh, where like they would find a Harry Potter book in your bedroom, and they would literally like take a bat to it. Like mm-hmm. a, no, no, it was, you didn't even bring it into the house. It, I didn't even bring it into the no. house. No, okay, no, I didn't bring it into the house. And they didn't want it there. They didn't want it there. No. How do they? Have, how do they feel about Whitney Houston? I mean, they feel they feel they feel fine about Whitney Houston. I mean, they, it was not anti Whitney Houston. I think it was more because she was gospel. She was gospel, but she and okay. And this is this is how I this is how Whitney kind of snuck in is right. that. You know, whether we're talking about, you know, the Preacher's Wife soundtrack, we're talking about her gospel music, you know, there was a Whitney, even by nature of who, who she was and how I feel like just like energy, light, power came, poured into her and out of mm-hmm. her mouth. It was in this very recognizable way and in this really culturally specific way that struck me as non-secular uh, just because of my conditioning. And so, you know, we could you know, playing Whitney in the house or like get, you know, it was a different kind of thing because there was an understanding that where she was coming from right. was the, was the church, even though, you know, Heartbreak Hotel, which is one of my favorite songs, you know, all the, like she, I feel like she's slippery um, in that regard. And, and, and I was just thinking about when I first was listening to, uh, you know, didn't we almost have, have it all. I, oh. And she talks about like holding on t- for the night. And I remember thinking, this is adult. Like there's so like it was like safe, but it was adult. Like this is what love was. Like it's pouring rain. You, you know what I mean? Like yes, that. Yes. I mean, it's kind of it's transcendent, right? It's also but also adult. I mean, and I think there was something about adult romance. Yeah, I'm but like I, there was something that. about coming of age. I think in the, you know, in the '90s, early 2000s, where like I had access to her entire okay catalog catalog, right? Mm-hmm. The discography, you know. So it wasn't, you know, I didn't follow the path that my parents took with. Her or the or the the country or the world kind of. I think it was different, especially when I think about how um, Whitney's first two albums. You know, as she's this major, as a black woman, this mm-hmm. major kind of crossover into into mainstream culture in the way that she was. Right. I think like what that required of her. 
dis and this is also echoed too, and I guess in some of the doc, you know, a couple of the documentaries, mm-hmm. a kind of cultural disconnect from from the black community. I mean, when she was booed at the BET Awards, right. you know, like there's like was it was it no, it was, BET, it was yeah. the BET Awards, right? So I Soul Train, what's or Soul Train Awards? It was at one of those two awards. She was booed, yeah. um, and then as a response, I mean, maybe tonight happened, or or she there was a pivot. There was, there a, was pivot. a kind of like. Right, closer to what felt more, maybe specifically closer to her experience, or just culturally. Right. I mean, just it was a blacker R and B. It wasn't. It wasn't the clean pop princess sound, and she's right. also getting older. But yeah. I think there was something about she was on a motorcycle. Yeah. I mean, that's my she married album, Bobby. So. Yes. She's Bobby. Yeah, and Bobby, and so I think that I think that my parents had a different relationship to her than I did. Also, as a right. young, you know, as a young queer, you know. Having Whitney be the voice, like Whitney's presence in our home, like having her be the voice of what I didn't feel like I had access to emotionally. Right. Um, she was so emotional. She, I mean, that drama. We don't get drama. Everything she says, I, be, I believe her. She feels so deeply, mm-hmm. and when she and when she releases sound, be it speaking or singing, yes. there's just an honesty to it. And I will say this too. Um, <laughs> The Prince of Egypt soundtrack, mm. I listened to until it was just scratched and, and broken. Um, I... And so we, what was the first record that came into the house? You're saying that this was the one, that you could sneak Whitney into the house. Was it The Preacher's Wife? Was it The Prince of Egypt? A Prince of Egypt, for, I mean, Preacher, right. Preacher's Wife was kind of around. And it was, you know, mm-hmm. it was around, but... Prince of Egypt was mine. Like, that belonged to me. And that was, what, 98? Was that 98? Mm-hmm. You yeah. bought that CD yes. and you, like, brought it home. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I was Whitney. I was Mariah. Mariah, Mariah was, yeah. together. Oh. Um, yeah. name, name a more iconic duo. Name a more iconic we'll duo. We'll all wait. All of us. But with that emotion, I, yesterday, uh, was listening to So Emotional. Yes. And I was, I, I was, uh, I was drinking my... Trenty. <laughs> you can get a Trenty. Okay. Starbucks. It's bigger than whatever the biggest one that I thought existed was. It's what? disgusting. Not a venti. Uh, it's, it's not a venti. It is it's the Trenty. It's the Trenty. It's so gross, but it's actually not that much more expensive. Keep this in here. This is important. <laughs> um, and I'm like outside of the Starbucks and I'm drinking that. And I'm listening to it, and I'm dancing, and I'm crying mm-hmm. at the same time because it's such a bop. But back to it, she means everything she says. And I I don't know any other artist that I can just keep listening to yes. and re-finding like another layer. Like, I don't know of any artist that has withstood this the sounds of time so fucking well even mm-hmm. with so emotional when she's like I was listening to that today too after you were talking to me about it that the, she repeats the phrase over and over and over and like she'll you know the key changes happen yes, yes. but she, it means something new every time every time let's listen to a little bit of it okay
I listened to that song a lot after we lost her. Mm-hmm. And it was to me, I, I was just, I was like, became like a song that, of like what I was thinking to, about her. Yes. You know? Yeah. You know, actually, I, after she passed, I listened to, I think I listened to her 1991 Star Spangled Banner or watched that clip maybe, maybe 300 times. I mean, because I think for me, there's something about her interpretation of the Star Spangled Banner that as someone who is critical of this country, mm-hmm. um, but also recognize that this country has informed how my, like my sense of self and how I move through the world and like living in that contradiction and also watching her on this really grand stage navigate that contradiction in that moment and in the time that she interpreted the Star Spangled Banner. I mean, for me, she imbues it with such a sense of hope and love and civility and really patriotism in the truest sense of the word that I feel like when, she, when, when, when we lost her hmm. or when she went home, there was like a sense of, for me, a my impulse was to like have like receive that like the affirmation of her reminding me that it's okay to be here you know that like mm. that existing in that contradiction and doing it with such beauty um such i feel like vocal and spiritual integrity i mean it it's so res- it's it's I, I i watch it on a regular basis but i remember i mean speaking to what you just said i watched it so many times it's such a huge thing too when you think of um <laughs> When you think of how she was criticized for being a crossover artist, and I think that there, a lot of the conversation around her is sometimes about, um, like, like the white white people in America felt ownership over her, and there was like this thing that she was this, you know, Americans, the America's, America's, America's sweetheart, and that that was, and that that national anthem like brought people together in this way that she was this one person who could do that, this voice who could do that like nobody else could. Mm-hmm. Well, and we were there when it came out. Yeah, I remember when it happened, and I remember like my dad, my dad too, your dad too, who are both like pretty like conservative, like super you know right wing people, Mm -hmm. just like loving Whitney Houston Star Spangled Banner. Wow, I remember him being like, "Son, this is the definitive version of this song," and we had it on cassette. Mm -hmm. You would buy just the single. Wow. So you just play it over, and you're. She's the only person who ever charted with the Star Spangled Banner. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. You know, she was like made the top Mm twenty. No, I think like some opera singer charted with it at like eighty. I don't know. I was reading a lot of trivia. I think that was like one of the best parts of that trash documentary. Whitney was when they showed. (laughs) Mm -hmm. There's my feelings. Uh, (laughs) Trash documentary. Yeah. I'm. I'm gonna hold my tongue on that one, but you don't have to because we'll go. Because I was in flames. I was so pissed. After like the first trash documentary, I was like, oh, that was so horrible. Mm -hmm. But they showed her singing the Sard Spangled Banner and like working. Do you remember that? Where they like work on it. Like the only time they actually show her artistry. Yeah, yeah. And the whole fucking movie is about how they talk about how they move. They do, they rearrange, they talk about the rearrangement of it, of moving it up to. Yeah, I don't remember the specifics, but it was rearranged. And she, and he gave it to her and she did it in one take. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yes, the Star Spangled Banner. Let's listen to that. I would love to watch. Yeah, yeah. Let's watch. Can we watch that? Yeah, of course we can.
watch her, I always just think I get I'm so lucky. Yeah. I always just get a moment where I'm like, I'm so lucky that I get to be in a world still, you know? Similarly, watching it this time, and I felt this before, but I felt this overwhelming sense of gratitude, which is just... Always. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Thank yeah. you. Thank I was just you. thinking, she, she, she has this smile yes. when she sings. She's like, it's almost like you're talking about the patriotism like that you can feel watching her do that. And she's smiling. So she's enjoying it, and she's the most one of the most difficult songs. We watch people struggle with it all the time. Mm-hmm. She not only hits the high note, but then she takes it up. Takes it up. And she's just proud the whole time. And she's not, there's no effort. She's like, it's, th- it's this easy to be this happy about this country. And there's like an ease to it. That it's so amazing. It's, it's like, well, I feel like it's even less about, for me, my interpretation is even less about, because I feel like, right, even like the song that, the song that she's singing and the documents, right, that founded this country right. um, were very much written to exclude her and built to exclude her and people who look like her. Yeah. And in this moment, on the on the most grand stage, one of the most grand performance stages in popular culture in the world, she's inserting herself inside of that narrative, reinterpreting it and right. saying, um, feel right the depths of my pain, but also... Mm joy also elation and also like i mean she's like opening up just opening up to the heavens right she has this angelic smile but she's saying like you're gonna not only like you know this song but i'm gonna reinterpret it in a way that you cannot erase me from it like right. i'm a part of this narrative i you know i it just no one's gonna sing me. this better no and when she says when, i was thinking and, of that when she says brave because mm. she says brave like she like she's like we it's that's us yeah yeah you know yes and here we are. Here we are. White conservative men like our fathers can't deny her. I mean, and that's... And all, she, like, forces yeah. them yeah. to not deny. And this is... Because she's... T- I feel like... <laughs> what am I a writer? Thinking about emotional point of view. Mm. And emotion... Like, from... Her emotional POV feels... I mean, pure in a way. And that... I feel like she's telling the truth. And when you can't deny someone their truth... And mm-hmm. because of how she leans into authenticity, right, regardless of who you are, you hear her, you encounter her presence, and you're like, what, you're kind of, dis- what, you're disarmed, what can you do? It's, it's some, a powerful being telling you the truth, and, and in a way that's so beautiful. Yeah, yeah it, a powerful it, being telling you the truth, absolutely. It's magical. Yeah. Like, it's, I, yes. I, powerful I'm, woman. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I don't even, like, I'm not spiritual, sorry, Ma, um, <laughs> really at all. But I have a spiritual. I don't know. It's maybe keep this, but I feel like I have a spiritual connection to Whitney Houston. I remember when things started going south in the mid '90s when I was still in high school, not mid '90s in the aughts. And I remember just this like sense of like I think I'm losing something. I think I'm losing some magic in this world. And this was way before it, it had gotten real bad. Mm-hmm. And I've never felt that way about anyone else. Like she was this gift that. You're just in awe. I'm still, just like I said, how lucky. I'm just in awe of. I'm just in awe of this gift. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, after Prince of Egypt. Yes, yes. So you got the Prince of Egypt CD into the house. Yes. And you're just listening to that iconic yeah. duet over and over and over again. What's the next? Where, where where do you go next? Have you? Did you introduce more secular Whitney to your family? I mean, it, at that point, it kind of became a private thing for me. Okay. Right. Like it mm-hmm. was. 
Was Whitney Houston kind of part of your queerness? Is that kind of what was also private? Oh, very much so. Yeah, yeah, very much so. So I think that, and even, I mean, and because we are human, right, we are full of contradictions. So, you know, my, like Mariah Carey, like my dad loved Mariah Carey. And like there were certain, yeah, there were Mm. certain exceptions. And also oldies were allowed. And because of, I think, Whitney's timeless sound, Mm -hmm. she was also kind of included in this, like when we'd cruise and like listen to oldies or play oldies on Saturdays and we're doing chores. And so I, so I feel like, um, you know, and at that point I had my iPod, so I would have my, mm. you know, I'd have like my Whitney on my iPod. So then did you just stack your iPod just filled with all the albums? Just filled with all the albums, yeah. Right. Yeah. Right, right, right. Um, and then in high school, you know, then I when like meeting other gay people and having gay friends and then understanding that I wasn't alone in the way that she made me feel or what I feel like she represented mm. for me was like also beautiful, you know, and also you can't walk into a gay club without hearing her or bar, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, so it just kind of this layered experience of her continually. Do you remember the first lifting. person you talked, the first gay person you talked to about Whitney? I'm almost certain it was my first boyfriend turned dear, dear friend yeah. in high school. Yeah. And what, what was the conversation? What did you talk? Do you remember? I don't, I do not, I don't remember and don't believe that it was it was specific in the way that I'm, I'm describing about my personal experience, but I feel like it was like a, oh, you, oh, yeah. Oh, you, you too? too. Oh, for, oh, <laughs> word? Oh, that's what, oh, yeah, and she, yeah, and, and, and I also, I feel like I, too, for like the church kids, like, it was like this, this unspoken understanding that she, like, where she is, is where we wanted to be, or how free we wanted to be, or how freely we wanted mm. to express ourselves, but, but couldn't, but we knew that she came from where we came from in a, in a way. So there was like this kind of window into what it might be like to move through the world not in the way that we did, in a more free way, in a more liberated way, that both was beautiful and also felt uniquely feminine and it's something, mm. you know, queer and also black and also queenly, like regal. Like there was like all, mm. she embodied so much of what I think I aspired to to be. You said, um, where does Broken Hearts go? Is, was that, is that your favorite song of hers? Well. What's your favorite song? Or, Heartbreak you know, Hotel is like I love. Oh my I God, do, right. because I, well, you grew up. That album was probably right yeah, when you were. It was right here. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Oh. Should we listen to Heartbreak Hotel? Yeah, I know. I think we should. Yeah, I the album's a bop. It's long yeah, too. It is. And but yeah, it's like yeah. Just like, like eighteen when the ba- songs. When the baseline drops. You know. I mean, and like middle school me is like. You know, literally. Yes, right. I'm talking to him. I'm like you. You know, nigga. You said you'd be here by nine. You know, like I. I feel like this is just. And said you took your time You didn't think to call me But here I sit Trying not to cry Asking myself why You do this to me mm, oh, baby. Since you're not around for me to tell you, baby I'm writing you this letter, and this is what I have to say. All I really wanted was some money time. Instead, you told me lies when someone else was on your mind. What you do to me? What you do? Look what you did to me.
Heartbreak Hotel. What was that bringing up for you? Talk to us about what you're feeling. Wait, what are you feeling right now? So the, I grew it up. It brought in, you back to a time. It did bring me back to this time. It brought me back to my childhood home, actually, where I, um, I feel like letter writing was a part of my upbringing. We did kind of have a, an epistolary practice of sorts. Like my parents would write us letters, and sometimes we would write just like letters and cards and things. That's fabulous. Yeah, I'm really. Yeah. My family too. <laughs> I actually have a letter. The very I have a letter. I still have this letter that my dad wrote to me before I was born, and so it kind of started then. Um, Do you still have it? I still have it. That's beautiful. It's beautiful and complicated, right? Because sure. it's also a projection of all the expectations, um, right, and hopes and dreams for someone he hadn't met yet. Correct. Yes, so there's that. But it is a, it is nice to have that. Um, but there's a there's a mention like there's a practice of letter writing actually in this song. Like everything she couldn't say, she says, "I'm writing you this letter, and this is what I have to say." And I knew that there's something about not being able to express something out loud or in person that you can mm. do privately. Mm. And I feel like she's both on the inside and outside of the experience of this song. I feel like she's speaking to the experience of writing the letter and communicating but also speaking to the lover as well. Like, it's, it's layered. Mm. And it's also, like, this really... Yeah, I mean, it's a bop, right? Like, there's, like, this R&B kind of rhythm that I feel like I just... I want to move, and I also want to feel, and I want to know who he is and what he did. Like, it's... It's like know. smooth heartbreak. Yeah. Yeah. She tells us it's a story. It's also a story. Yeah. yeah. It's a story song. With characters, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, we were talking earlier about how Whitney doesn't... Like, there are... Six, seven, if you count the holiday albums, studio albums, and three soundtracks. Soundtracks, yeah. You know, but yeah, it's that it, she, it's she wasn't prolific in that way. There, it's not like it's a small catalog, mm-hmm. actually. But this is what I'm saying. Like this is, and we we talk about this a lot with other guests. The gift of YouTube is like because we we have just a limited of albums. When I started, you know, going down the Whitney. Uh, hole on YouTube, which is amazing. Everyone, please do that. I the variations it. and the spins and the yes, orchestra, the, you know the complete rearrangements that she does of her songs. Yes, yes. Sometimes, and you can go on concerts. Sometimes within days, mm-hmm. she'll just do another arrangement. It's not like this concert. She sings "I Will Always Love You" like that. It's like every other day. She's like, "I'm gonna play and explore," and you realize her musicality in the the um, width of knowledge that she had because growing up I thought she was just a pop singer mm-hmm. and then you realize she knows Broadway and she is, you know is a huge student of gospel and well her mother yeah so YouTube family. sponsor us but I also you. think too part of I mean speaking to the size of her catalog yeah I feel like because of her commitment to reinterpreting mm-hmm. everything like in like for a given audience or for a given moment or for a performance, um, it feels expansive in this way that mm. right there may be like right even take I will always love you which is in itself already an interpretation. She does a million different ways. And you had a clip, right? Yeah, you, you had this uh, thing that yeah. Is this I, your favorite version and or it what, is what my, is it? That's... It's my favorite version specifically for the end, um, but the second half. But yeah, this is from what 1994, right? The World Music Awards. Yeah, so um, you guys just fucking YouTube that and find it because we're about to listen to it all together right here, right now. And, what, <laughs> and I guess we'll get to it, but what I love is that she say, I mean, she she wastes no breath. She wait, she waits until the very end to, to surprise you, and I feel like she does that so beautifully and consistently. See, I owe life 
treat you kind And I hope you have all you dreamed of And I wish you joy and happiness But, but above all this, I wish you She makes you want to be great. Yeah. Like when you see something that you're like, well, I'm going to do something great. And that's like actually, four minutes. that's what upset me about the documentaries is that with all of the life to celebrate with, like with the opportunity to Absolutely. actually take stock of all that she is inspired and inspired, not <sighs> to celebrate, but what she inspires. Just, yeah. Why don't, yeah, why don't we spend more time talking about the art she created? Yeah. Because yeah. that's 90% of her life was so creating great art. We're talking about these doc, these two documentaries, really the only documentaries that have come out on Whitney Houston. First, but first, before we dive into and bitching about these documentaries. Oh, I'm not. I'm just going to say that they just oh, right. focus solely, um, kind of more on her personal life. Her personal life, controversy, I feel like. Yes, yes. Right. The tabloids. The tabloids. They're tabloid, they're yes. tabloid documentaries. And, really, and they want to get the they want to get the fucking tea on what really happened and every Which like you watch this one thing and you can talk about this just this performance. Just like the yeah. emotions that you know, we're all just sitting here swooning. Yeah. It's it's yeah. I, I I this I just re, I was just thinking that this song it's the gesture of the character in the song which actually has a character because from the movie so the character of Rachel Marin if we're like <laughs> Rachel Marin Rachel wait, mm, I don't cut this cut something else the, in Nick the the um, bodyguard yeah okay so anyway the character in the song Rachel Marin I think is her name in the bodyguard and if not I'll fucking cut this out after Wikipedia it. but um. <laughs> Oh. It's a, uh, you Google voice it back Rachel <laughs> <laughs> um, it's such a, the character in the song it's such a magnanimous it's such a hugely generous gesture of like I'm letting you go and I want your life to be great mm-hmm. and I want you to have other love but I will always love you but I'm letting and there's something that, about what's happening with her character that is like what Whitney is doing with the music 
which is so generous and so huge. And I just, again, feel fucking grateful to be able to listen to it every time I I get to hear it, yeah. you know? Yeah, I mean, huge. The word that comes to mind for me is amplification, mm. especially when you... Because are you familiar with Dolly Parton's version? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, so when you think about the kind of intimacy and, and, and closeness mm-hmm. um, and smallness of it, not in a demeaning way, but smallness in that it's... I mean, it's a folk song, you know? Uh-huh. Like, I feel like what Whitney does is come in with her kind of power and light and amplifies it, right? And it's yeah. like, both right in the context of the film, but also when she reinterprets it, it is like, from here, you know, out, I mean, it feels like, yes, in the spirit of generosity. It's crazy, but Dolly was just, it's just a little, it's a ditty, you know? Yeah. Well, did she, a like, croon. I was reading something about how in the, in the recording, like, the first I, there are six notes. Mm. in the first I like I and you mm. and how those are the two and use your big word that you learned today oh I brought it down because <laughs> um, I'm a musician melisma you know which oh, is like the please. word musicians use for what we would call like riffing you okay, know okay. Yeah. which and also like just how much fucking restraint she also has too yes yes when she restrains and then she releases right. and the technical prowess, I mean, it's really like, I mean, she's an instrument, you know, like her, I feel like her whole body is an instrument. It's not just... And a virtuoso voice. playing it. She's Ab- both at the absolutely. same time. Absolutely. Absolutely. This is also like a, a really important episode of this show for me because for us growing up too, like Whitney was our number two. Okay. Like Whitney was our deep number two. We talked about it in our iconic teaser, which I know you've all listened to, but they, but like we were... Whitney was like I'm your baby tonight was when that came out that cassette for us as friends was a really big deal as big as like a bet cassette coming out mm. and we were just like I had a waiting to exhale poster in my room yep I used to do this thing when I was a kid where I would make a list of the most beautiful women on earth and I would show it to my dad and I think it was like an attempt of me trying to be straight mm-hmm. but it was always number one was Bette Midler and he would always be like okay <laughs> <laughs> and number two was always Whitney Houston okay and then it was like other women like Marilyn Monroe and Gina Davis and Ava Gardner I was like really into old Hollywood and like okay. Betty Davis and stuff but it was always about I, it was just kind of my divas list mm. and I would give it to him like it was something that I was interested in women anyway okay. I was a fucking obsessed with Whitney Houston so this is just a, I'm, all that to say I'm yeah. just like love having this conversation with I him. love her too I gave my dad beautiful women's lists it's proven is that the fucking gayest thing you've ever heard but also the gayest thing is, is that we would lay on the tramp and dissect her her uh, songs like there was like some like you know like we were talking about like and they aren't that I mean some of them aren't that deep but she tells it in such a deep way that we're like okay if we listen closely we will get the story <laughs> because it's a miracle do you remember that song miracle miracle uh, um, it's a it's a it's a ballad it's the first I track on side B of the cassette of I'm Your Baby Tonight. yes <laughs> oh my god but that that album also had an amazing yes. lyric book so we it was one of the few times we had like a lyric book in the cassette I don't think I had a lyric like book like you could unfold it and you could be like wait hold on yeah that had a fucking lyric book and we would like read it yeah we well, we really really like okay like if we unpack the mysteries of what we need. And that was my first time engaging with, besides Bat. <laughs> with another musical artist. That's for, yeah, yeah, with, yeah. Mm. Really the first time that I have engaged, I engage in that way. Don't let it slip away. So no 
just, yeah, the fucking voice. I mean, I feel like, and right, or I think regardless of, I feel like maybe do not allow the way I just, I'm just, I describe it if you do not identify as spiritual to put you off. But I feel like my experience of, of her, it's like she, with her voice, like reaches up to heaven and like brings like pieces of heaven down to earth and shares them with us. Like I feel like my yes, experience yeah. of her was like, like she reaches his ability to reach inside of you and kind of like rearrange your insides when you're in her presence like like a conduit and i mean i yeah i feel like yeah like she goes somewhere else you know or 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 she's present you know she's rooted but what flows through her is undeniable there's the power of it well there's also Uh, the utter lack of tension right you know that is always that thing you think about with people like there's no tension in her at all Mm -mm. when she sings Mm -mm. and that's the that's really when it uh, the conduit is open. Yeah. And I thought, I remember my first thought was when she passed, you had to leave because we didn't deserve you. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know, this, this, this world, this mortal world yeah. doesn't deserve s- something like you. No. You, so you had to go back up to the place where you're giving us little pieces, pieces of. Yeah. Cause it was just too much down here to have such a light like that. Not to get too morbid, but do you want to just quickly talk about where, like, I feel like, for me, Whitney Houston was like, where were you when JFK died? Like, for me, as I don't think I have a greater uh, death. Mm-hmm. I remember you calling me when she died, too. I was visiting my cat, LaToya. Oh. Uh, she, <laughs> she was, mm-hmm. uh, ha, she, I couldn't have her for a year, and I was visiting her for the first time in six months, mm-hmm. and I, like, opened the door. And they were like, have you heard? And I really felt like my cat, like, I don't know, somehow I made it all about me and my cat. Um, and then I went to a gay Good club. Job. And then I went, thank you. And then I went to a gay club. And it was almost comical. Everyone would just come up to each other and they'd be like, are you okay? Are you? And just like hold each other. Yeah. It was bizarre. And yeah. I, I was already going to this party. And I'll never forget it. It was like, it was like I was attending a wake. Mm-hmm. With all of these people just an, uh, just utterly stunned, yeah. like it was like I was moving slowly through time. I mean, even the trains, I felt like there were, I felt, yeah, it was weird. It was people a, crying. It was yeah, yeah. And then everyone, I mean, to get back to these terrible documentaries, it's like ever since everyone's tried to define her or say like who she was or why she was or why she was so great, and oh, it's almost like someone try, we everyone's been trying to describe the undescribable. Mm-hmm. Ever since. She's I don't know, they're, they're, but they don't not trying to say why she was so great. Give me that. Mm-hmm. Stop giving me why she fell. We know that, you know, it's been documented. I don't think, I don't want that to define her anymore. I want, I want why she's so great to be the thing that we're telling now. The only... Why she's so important. Not why her demons or whatever took her. The only... That's de- what I want that. Come on, mm-hmm. make that, America. Do better. Sorry, I keep interrupting you. The only demon that I'm ever... Which isn't a demon, but the only thing I'm ever interested in in those things is talking about her and Robin Givens. Yeah. Which is maybe none of my fucking business, but just as a queer person... Yeah. That's interesting. Like, I was watching um, uh, Home, the performance of Home on the Merv Griffin show, Mm -hmm. the first one. Oh my, yes. A of all, Clive Davis and Merv Griffin are so creepy when they introduce her because they're just talking about her physical beauty and she's like so young. But then when she's singing home, because she and Robin went to high school together, mm-hmm. 
And I just imagine, because she's saying there's a place for us, you know? Yes. And I always imagine that she's, sing- she's singing that to Robin, mm. you know? Because that was like her, th- probably the closest person to her in her life at that point, other than her mom. And her brothers. And her brothers, yeah. But like, family. Yeah, yeah, but this kind of like love or this friendship, whatever yes. it was. Yes. And I maybe I just think that after those icky men talk about her in such a derisive way, then like you could only be singing this to a woman, but... Yeah. It's again me trying to like own something about her that I don't know anything about. Well, even like them, I, I think about the album artwork for, for the first album um, where she is, I mean, she's she's stunning, mm-hmm. right? This is where she has like this, you know, the short crop mm-hmm. look and the kind of draped moment yeah. where... And the necklace. And the necklace, mm-hmm. which I always, I found curious because she was both kind of you know posited as this right American kind of pop princess but there there's like an aspect of if that is the kind of ideal like exotification on some front too I found I was, that yeah. curious they it's, made that choice because it seems like the second album would have been the more obvious first album yes yes I agree but I where her hair is frizzed, like and she's, she's in like, and she's like right, the denim and the tank, right? The low yeah, tank, and she's, she's like jumping and the curl, curl. She has yeah. like yeah, her face is all painted up, right? It's beat, and, yeah, yeah. She's beat. but the first album, yeah, it's like a very like like it's contemplative. It's yeah, and Real. it's not, not really what the album also sounds like either. You know, like the album's not. I mean, I mean, maybe she's going more vocal on that album than she is going pop. But I mean, that album is also it's the first time a woman. Uh, has four number one hits for one album. Mm-hmm. Wow. It might be the only time. I don't know if it's the only. We should... At me. <laughs> Ariana stands. Yeah. Ariana? <laughs> no, I don't know. Does Ariana... Rihanna probably does, right? <laughs> I don't know who does. Anyway, not important. Um, <laughs> it's, well, it is important because you all owe a big debt. Everyone owes a big debt. Everyone owes a debt to Whitney. Mm-hmm. To Whitney. Mm-hmm. We all do. Even the I mean, people who came before her owe a big debt to her. Yeah. Oh, gosh. I mean, every. I feel like it's just <laughs> an endless version of reinterpreting Whitney. Yeah. In my way. Like, just variations of what Whitney set forth. Um, my, it's so funny because also, not to do like a generational thing, because like what you were saying about looking through iPods, like we would have that, but with the CD book. Right. With right. the big CD book. I remember like mm-hmm. friends going through that and then seeing friends, certain albums, and be like, oh. Oh, mm. okay. Okay. Okay, cool. We might make out, you know? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I guess I shouldn't clap in front of the microphone. You clap Well, you know, know what? Actually, this could be an interesting... Okay. Give it to us. <clears throat> I mean, and part of what I love about the conceit of, of y'all's show is thinking... I mean, thinking specifically about our relationship to, to these these powerful women and these mm-hmm. beautiful women and these women who in some way, I mean, I guess I can't speak for, for the, your other guests or you all, but who we can, <laughs> you can. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it also gave me something to, I mean, we're these sources of inspiration, right? right. We're like these kind of guideposts or North stars of sorts. And so specifically thinking about femininity or queerness or, impersonation or fantasy all, all of that mm-hmm. um, I do think about this kind of like fairy godmother-esque like quality like this wait Winnie Winnie used to play the fairy godmother once didn't she? <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> I mean and I feel like I don't want to minimize her life actually just by 
continuing to talk about her in really magical ways. Um, right. Whether it's like... I, and, but listen, me either, and I keep saying no, how I'm not spiritual. I don't know how else to do it. No, I know, what, And I know what you mean. Like, I really don't and know so, how else to talk about it. And I feel her. like I'm only, like, saying that before we jump into actual magic. You know what I'm thinking? <laughs> right. Because, because I, cause I, she's... I mean, she lived... She's human, you know? And yeah. she, we know that she had real things that she was dealing with and grappling with and was not immune to... The perils of humanity. Yeah, yeah, but when she's telling us the world is the world is full of zanies and fools. Yes, I've cried just by her telling, just by her saying that I'm like, it is. Yeah, and you're like you're one of them, and you're our godmother. I mean, with Adam, I mean, impossible. I mean, you know, and then she just winds you around, and you're like, am I the plain yellow pumpkin who's gonna be? You know, am I? Yeah. Some, you know, she, like when she's talking to Brandy, she's talking to me. You know, like all Brandy, those... the heir apparent, as Brandy <laughs> wants to say. <laughs> Cut that. Cut that. That is like a full read on a no, full brand. But like, yeah. the, but it's that thing we were talking about earlier that like it, it is this great thing for Whitney because she's saying like impossible. You know, like the thing I do, yes. the thing I am, and she's saying Im- you can become yes. Brandy. And Come impossible on. things are happening every day, right? Mm-hmm. And, I don't know. Just also, like when they're smiling like, at each other, yeah, and they have those. It's I got I got that. I don't know why this is the thing that's gonna make me start wanting to cry. It's just so we're talking about Cinderella, which <laughs> was on TV in the nineties. Yeah, it's on YouTube now. So go watch. But it, it was actually yeah, go watch it. But it's filled with divas. Whoopies in it. Whoopies in well, it. and it's so it's multi it. yep. crazily multiracial where they don't even mm-hmm. acknowledge it. They There's don't no acknowledge it. No acknowledgement. It's like. Well, Bernadette Peters has a white daughter and a black daughter. Yeah. Like, um, mm-hmm. Whoopi Goldberg has an Asian son, and it's just, and they're just like, Oh, yeah, Paul Montalban Jr. Yeah. They're like, Who's That's so, what that oh, is. Oh, it's such a crush on him. Fine. You did? Yes. Oh, so beautiful. Likewise. Yeah. So beautiful. Victor Garber's. I'm busy movie. watching the Divas. I was like, <laughs> my Brandy. And my, I really was. I mean, Brandy was really good in that movie. Brandy's she is. divine. She we keep listening yes. to stuff. Let's just listen to that real quick. Okay. Impossible for a plain yellow pumpkin to become a golden carriage. Impossible for a plain country pumpkin and a prince to join in marriage. And four white mice will never be four white horses. Such folder all and fiddle dee of courses. Impossible. Things are happening every day. Impossible, 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 impossible. When did you see that? Did you see it with your family? I saw it with my family. Yeah. I saw it with my family. I saw it with my family. I was seven years old. And I just, yeah, I was, yeah, I was Brandy. You know, I mm-hmm. was, I was Cinderella yeah. and Whitney was my fairy godmother. And and that know. must be, that has to do something that has to carry on, you know, even now. I feel like in the way that we're, we're trying to understand why we want to talk about her being so magical. There's some of that feeling that like you saw her as always this magical being. Yeah. Someone who I feel like could go, could travel places I couldn't, but could speak to 
an experience that felt true to me in some way. My best friend Chantel, my best childhood friend Chantel, her birthday was last week. Happy belated birthday, Chantel. Happy birthday, Chantel. We would like we would recreate this. Like like we would switch off being Whitney and Brandy. Like we would yeah, we would just it was like she for some reason in all these cultural moments I mean, especially when it came to, it came to her work that had to do with children, mm-hmm. like whether it was Cinderella um, or even Prince of Egypt, mm-hmm. right? She found a way to to make herself okay and present in our home in a way that I just... And Oprah was the same way, actually. I know we're not talking about her, but Whitney had this way of... of I mean, she could. she's like a shapeshifter, mm-hmm. right? She can kind of package her gift for... Like, tailor her self and her gift to whatever the thing is which I guess is what a pop star is or does but she does it in this uniquely I don't know grounded way a real way that allows I I just feel like whenever she's with someone whether it's in performance or before an an arena she's like I'm here with you and and, and And everyone feels like you said that ownership there's something that that she's she like is like a a power out power outlet that grounding of the thing that everyone can plug in and and a child can get something, she can mean something, you know. Mm-hmm. A mother can take something to it. The whole fucking family is going to love Whitney Houston. Yeah. Well, also the amount of truth allows her to genre shift as much as she can be with completely with that person. She's, you know, the same in a recording studio recording like a, you know, a club track. Yeah. Or doing a Broadway musical for television for Disney. Mm-hmm. Because there's this authenticity and the ability, you know, you know, or singing with a gospel choir, you know. Yeah. Or singing, um, I want to dance with somebody on the Grammys in the 80s. You yeah. Know, with like a bunch of dancers in, you know, crazy day-glow outfits, you know? Yeah. I mean, and the voice is also just undeniable, regardless of, I mean, I feel like this speaks to the genre building, but she opens her mouth and you just, you, me, I, I'm, I just listen. I'm floored. I, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm captivated. Okay, we're going to play a quick game called Flops or Bops. And it's just you name something you love or something that you don't love so much. That's flops and that is bops. Exactly. Okay, I'm going to do my best. I'll, I'll start. I'll start with a flop. To every radio station and gay club, the only songs that Whitney Houston has created are not I Want to Dance with Somebody or I Will Always Love You. Even though we have said she doesn't have that many albums, she has a big catalog. Please play other songs. Cosign. Right? Yes. Please. That's a flop for radio stations. Yes. And, yeah, and I feel like, yeah, yeah. Radio stations were sure that, like, Light FM that I always listen to, there is more than two fucking Whitney Houston songs out there. Play them. Um, I'm going to do a bop, which is uh, that she won an Emmy for her performance on the Grammys for doing I Want to Dance with Somebody. Wait, I did not know that. Isn't that fucking Wait, crazy? Seriously? She I just an, found that out. She won an Emmy for her performance on the Grammys. <laughs> I mean... Which is amazing. Go. Bop. I'll do... Go. Go. I, I, think, I think it's L.A. Reid. I don't know. There's some hatred around a Queen of the Night. Hmm. But Ooh, that is who I, I think for maybe L.A. Reid and maybe Whitney Houston. I don't know. There is some like love not to be had for that song, but I am here to give you all of that love. I fucking shook my shit as a ten-year-old boy. I thought like I was just living. Also, that, that fucking track. costume in Queen of the yeah. Night. Yeah, yeah. Costume in Queen of the Night. The dancing. It was like the most like I don't know energized. I feel like one of the more energized Whitney performances. And I like for that song, choreographed really well. Yep. Yes. For someone who's not like a like a master of choreography, which Whitney yep. Houston, I don't think, really was. 
I don't know if she was a master of choreography. Oh, she was not. No, but the thing I think I want to... I mean, this is maybe not how this game works. Listen, if you don't follow the rules, you're off the fucking I don't know if you heard us how we tried to set up the rules. (laughs) (laughs) We don't either. (laughs) So go. Because I feel like it's kind of like a life That's great. Do a life bop. (laughs) Look, this is a life bop. I feel like she's just this Jill of all trades. And maybe not in the realm of choreography, but when I think about even just her start, I think, okay, so maybe this is the, maybe this is the bop. Um, her being one of the, the first black women on the cover of Seventeen magazine, mm. like thinking about like her, her background, even as a, as a model, as mm-hmm. a fashion model, like she was never easily contained as one thing. Yeah. Bop. Yeah. Bob. Bob. She's everything. She's, everything. She's every she, woman. Yeah. Bob for being every single thing. Bob for being every woman in every Oprah's theme song for a couple of years. Yes. Aww. Yes. Um, you know. This made me cry yesterday. And I think this is my favorite song. This is my like my low-key favorite. You know, like not the ballads, not the but like this, like I go to for all the time for my moods, which is exhale, shoop mm. shoop. Um Yes. Uh and I never actually knew what that what she was saying in, in this one part of the lyrics, but I'm going to be uh, silly and read read the little part. Um, uh, it says, Sometimes you'll laugh, sometimes you'll cry. Life never tells us to wish you well. You'll find your point when you will exhale. And I just, I love that. Uh, life never tells us to wish you well, but at some point you'll find your peace. My love Sometimes you cry. Life never tells us the winds are wise. When you've got friends to wish you well, you'll find a point when you will exhale. Yeah, yeah. Say, you'll find your breath. That's so powerful to me, and I think that's such for me that encapsulates kind of something that um, Whitney maybe never got that we put so much pressure on her. She, you know, she could tell off Saul to exhale, but we never let her exhale. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, listening to that and, and and wishing her well, wishing her peace, yeah. I mean, and I feel like there's something really uh, noble, actually, about... And tragic at the same time. I mean, I know we've talked a lot about the tragedy. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, ex- like, knowing, like, having the knowledge that you exist in service to humanity, right? That, like, even, even while she might not have always been able to be fully present, you know, with Bobby Christina or in her home, you know, her mission almost was... It, like, transcended interpersonal I'm sure it spoke deeply to interpersonal but just was for all of us really Mm -hmm. was for all of us um I have a bop called I Look To You the song and it's on her last album and I love it so much and it was I I just think I really like rough singing you know I like a little roughness Mm -hmm. to the voice and when she that was her last album and I like how big the break is I like that I like because she was carrying her life with her. And like you said, all of the completely human trials and travails she went through, you, she brings it so much to that song. And I, I think it's beautiful. It makes me think 
how even if her voice wasn't the same as it always was, if she would have lived and recorded later, how excited, I think of how excited I would be to have that rougher version of her catalog. Yeah. I Look to You is also one of my favorites. Mm. And it's one that I don't talk about because it feels, you saying that, yeah. Deep. I, it's, yeah. It feels deep. It does. I feel like I Look to You, to me, was, um, I mean, it was also about, for me, coming out. It was also about, like, like this rooted, I don't know. I'm, I, to me, I Look to You is very much tied to. Was that around the time you came out? Is that why why you say that, or what? It just has an attachment. To it, it has an attachment to it because I yeah. think it was both a desire to, like the 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 you was many things. The you was also God. The you was. So that was in two thousand and nine. Were you? This is so personal. So you could be like, no. Were you out before then, or were you out pre or post Whitney's passing from this earth? No, I was out, but I would say even now, I feel like I circle back to these moments where. Like even like family, like mm-hmm. I can't even like I came out to my family in two thousand in high school, what two thousand seven, two thousand eight, mm-hmm. um, and I think in these moments, even as I describe, I guess the importance of just culturally like how my family functioned. My family, I just I'm also one of six kids, and we're we all love each other, and we're really close. But I feel like home for me was the last I think stronghold of me navigating my coming out process in a way that feels finite, in a way that feels like, no, I can hold space for my love for you and this, you know, Mm -hmm. like, and I feel like I look to you, yeah, just for some reason it's tied both to family and both to, weirdly, the church and also desire and say, it just, it just, it can be a lover, it can be your mom, it encapsulates all of the, yeah, all those moments. It can be all those things. she would hear today do you know what you would say to her wow I love that question and I, I don't know what I'll say but I'll just I'll talk mm-hmm. hi Whitney it's Cord you have never met me to my knowledge you do not know or did not know that I exist but I'd like to thank you I'd like to thank you for your bravery for your courage and for your openness Um, I'd like to thank you for reaching into the depths of yourself, turning inward, and without knowing it, or perhaps knowing it exactly, um, that with your voice you can reach the darkest places, including the upstairs bedroom of a really scared gay black boy in North Carolina who needed light and who needed love, and in a way that his environment couldn't necessarily immediately provide that um, in a way that you could. So I just want to say thank you and that you were missed and that you were loved. I think that's what I would say. 
It's really beautiful. beautiful. Thank you for sharing that with us. Thanks for coming and talking with us, Corey. No, thanks for having me. You're wonderful. It oh, was that so was fun. really fun. Oh, thank you, Whitney. Thank, thank you, Whitney. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. What song should we go out on? I look to you. I, I, think, I think. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's go out on I look to you. Let's do okay. that. This yeah. is I look That's to you. That's a viewer cry fast. There's no more fighting left. Sinking to rise no more. Searching for that open door And every road that I've taken Led to my regret And I don't know if I'm gonna make it Nothing to do but lift my head I look to you After all my strength is gone